discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified. to have a personal relationship with you. Thank you so much, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's good to be back. Wow. It's a blessing, isn't it? Hallelujah. Do you love Jesus? Ask me, but do you love Jesus? I mean, the blessedness of having the Lord invite us into his family make us his children bona fide members of his family it's a blessing isn't it it's a great blessing if you read in john chapter 1 verse 11 he says he came unto his own but his own received him not but as many as received him to them he gave the power the right to become the sons of god and it says, children who are not born of blood or flesh or the will of man. And it says, but children who are born of God. Wow. What a blessing. Isn't it a blessing that you are born of God now? See, I'm born of God. I'm born of God. And then in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, it says, I cease not to make mention of you in my prayers. It says, I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. He says we are part of the family of God. Then in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and verse 4, he says, Blessed be the God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then he says, According as he has chosen us in him, before the foundations of the earth that we should be holy and without blame before him in love then the next thing he says is that having predestinated us unto the adoption of sons by jesus christ unto himself then he goes on to say that he accepted us into the beloved wow Having predestined unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, adoption of children by Jesus Christ unto himself, according to the gospel of the good pleasure of his will. Verse 6. Look at verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Wow. God has accepted us in the beloved. We are the beloved of God. We are the bona fide sons and daughters of God accepted into the family of God. What a blessing. Ask your neighbor, is it not a blessing? What, what would you do if you were adopted by Bill Gates? 
I nearly did a charismatic dance. That's a charismatic dance, charismatic dance, or a Pentecostal dance. What will you do? You will change your name. Sharp. What else will you do? You will chop the money. In it. You may fly to Turkey, or fly to Dubai, or Singapore. Somewhere. Where? You buy Ghana. And command everybody. Just imagine. How would you feel if Bill Gates accepted you into his family? And told you you are now his son or daughter. And that you have access to everything that he owns. What's his wealth now? How much money does he have now? How many billions does he have? I think it's, some of them have cost 70 billion. I think it's cost 70 billion now. 85 billion even. Wow. Do you know 85 billion dollars? Not Ghana City. Even Ghana City is very heavy. 85 billion dollars. Dollar. Dollar. Do you know dollar? Hey! What will you do? I, I'm really interested. I want, it's not a rhetorical question. What will you do? What will you do? You build churches. God has blessed you. Your, your mind is correct. I'll find an advisor too. You are too spiritual. As you are finding advisor, the spirituality is too much. No, Charlie, let me know what is really in your heart. Banya, what, what will you do? You buy what? You buy Ghana. Shop. Chrissy, what will you do? You buy a car. What a shock. <laughs> yes. Eh? One car is too small. You must, buy, you must buy so many cars with different colors so that when you wear red, you sit in a red one. When you wear blue, you will die early. <laughs> you know? But just, 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 you see, God is bigger than Bill Gates. How many of you know God is bigger than Bill Gates? God is way bigger than Bill Gates. You see the way you're excited now that I'm talking about Bill Gates? I'm talking about the fact that you've been invited into God's family, accepted into his family and all. You aren't really excited because you don't know the worth. <laughs> like, you get it? You don't know the worth. Recently, I was in a meeting somewhere. I think I was in one of our, in a, in a church at Medina. I, was, I preached after I sat down. Pastor came took the microphone and said, he was taking off and he said something. It really blessed me. I realized I went to church for that. Really blessed me. He said that if you know the returns you are going to make on a particular company, if you invest in it, if you know that the percentage is 10% of the money that you invest, okay, let's say that's one company, and the other company gives you 80% profit every month, of what you invest. Which one would you invest in? 80%. You don't care what will happen. If you can chop the money for three months, it's okay. Even if they take the money after, we don't mind. We've collected your money. Or? Yeah. So if, if you knew, if you understood the benefit of investing in God, okay, or the benefit of putting your trust and your hope and you're everything in God, if you knew, you would give, if you knew the returns, you'd give your all. Yeah. You only invest when you know the returns. Yes. People don't invest in God 
or don't think about God much because they don't know their returns. You need to read your Bible to know their returns. Yeah. People have trusted in God. Someone like Joseph trusted in God. He didn't, he didn't end up losing. Someone like Job. Job is not a mystical story. It's a true story. It happened. Yeah. He lost everything, yet God gave him double of everything he lost. So God is, God is, God is big. Very, very big. And we are accepted into his family. It's a privilege, it's an honor. It's something you should be grateful to God for every time. I hope you understand. Very, I don't know why I'm talking like this, but it's very important you understand that, that I am privileged, I'm honored. If you read in 1 Corinthians 1.9, he says, go to 1 Corinthians 1.9. God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. God is faithful. Then he says, by God, you were called unto the fellowship. The word fellowship means partnership, sharing in, participation in. You see, enjoying with. We've been called unto fellowship, unto the fellowship of a son. You can't be in a class, in a, in a university class, let's say university, final year university. You can't have a two-year-old in that class. That would be serious news. Yeah. When did he start school? Yeah. And when did he get to final year? Yeah. Even in first year, you can't have a two-year-old in first year in university. Is it true? Yeah. It's very true. No matter how brilliant a child is, it is unacceptable. Who will be changing his diapers for him? <laughs> so if God tells you that you have been called onto, onto the fellowship of a son, he's trying to let you know that you have the same mental prowess. You have the same intelligence. You have the same you're on the same he's placed you on the same level with his son. And he, he has decided that he's chosen you and placed you on that level. What do you think you should do? Be excited. Be grateful about it. And learn to participate in that particular fellowship that God has brought you into. I hope you understand. Yeah. So it's very, very never be a Christian who is so sad every time like because things are not working out for you, naturally speaking. The word of God should excite you. The word of God should excite you. It should be your first point of excitement. What do you think of what I'm saying? David said, how I rejoice in thy law. Huh? Can you do that? Can you rejoice in the law of the Lord? When there's no money and you read the Bible, you're excited. You read the Bible. I'm accepted in the beloved. Instead of crying, you are excited because the word of God is bringing you excitement. I hope you've read Psalm 1 before. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, do you understand delight? But his delight, what, what, are, what are the other synonyms of delight? His joy. His what? His great pleasure. What else? His excitement. Not Thor and Avengers. Or Spider-Man Homecoming. Or John Wick 3. But his delight, his joy is in the, Like when you hear, when he hears the word of God. 
He's excited. You read the Bible and you're excited. Not. And John said to Jesus, What is John even doing saying things? You have a long way to go. Say, My joy, my joy is, in is in the law of the Lord. Yeah, this one says, This is the amplified. It's, but his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord and on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God. He habitually meditates, ponders, study, and studies by day and by night. Isn't it not beautiful? Yeah. Let the word of God bring you joy. Let what God has said be true in your life. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm part of the family of God. Yeah. The Bible says we are members of the body of Christ. We are members of the body of Christ. Even if you have the little toenail of Christ, you are still a part of the body of Christ. And you are equally... Have you ever hit your, your little toenail against the doorpost or a bedpost or something? Have you ever, has it ever happened to you before? It is the most, one of the most painful things that can happen to your body. It's very, very painful. You, know, you, can't, you can't scream. You do... It's very painful. No matter how small it is, it's still a part of you. And if it goes through some pain, it, it affects you. Yeah. That's how much God loves you. Say, God loves me. No matter what. Yeah. The Bible says he cares for you affectionately. Hmm? He cares for you affectionately. That's in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. He cares for you watchfully and affectionately. Uh, casting your care for him, for he cared for you. The amplifies, look at the amplified. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties. Sometimes you have anxieties. Do you know anxiety? Do you understand anxieties? Do you know sometimes you can read the Bible and you realize you don't understand the English there, you see? Uh, that's why you have to read the Bible with the dictionary. Don't be shy. That eh, you shouldn't shy. Because you don't understand the word. Like when we say anxiety, you are thinking about maybe an airplane. Like you see the way plane do, so you are thinking that it's it's a plane. It's not a plane. (coughs) It means worries. It's casting the whole of your care, all your worries, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, not twice, once and for all, on him. Why? For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully he cares about you affection he has affection for you god has feelings for you do you understand feelings have you ever fallen in love before you have feelings for the person yeah you realize that it's like some butterflies are flying inside your stomach like you just have a certain kind of affection for the person that's when you want to open doors for ladies and all you want to open the door for her and close yeah. You want to buy credits without thinking twice. Like when she says, I need, I need airtime. The question is, oh, how much do you need? You never say, oh, I don't know, I don't, I don't really have money. Even if you don't have money, I know boys who have borrowed monies just to sort the lady out. I remember years ago, just years ago, this is about, about uh, 18 years ago, a friend of mine. 
He was, he was, he was in Ghana. I met him on tech campus. 18 years ago. How many, how many years is that? 2001. No, I had not yet. This would be like 16 years ago. This is 2004. You know? And he had a, be, a beloved abroad. And the lady was coming down. Do you know that this guy rented a house, got a car, and a, a lot of things to go and bring the lady from the airport and show the lady out in the, in the house for two weeks for her to go back? Someone's house or someone's car, everything. I mean, Charlie, he, just, he found a way. And I even, I even assisted him small. Yeah, he found a way to make sure the lady is very comfortable, very happy, and very okay. Because he has affection. Say affection. Fearings. Fearings was in Fearings will. God has feelings for you. He cares affectionately and cares about you watchfully. He has his eyes on you. Do you know when they say, I got my eyes on you? I got my eyes on you. He has his eyes on you. He cares for you watchfully. I'm not watching you to kill you or watching you to say, hey, Zema Febeya. You see what I'll do. Look at this boy. Look at what he's doing. No, he cares for you affectionately and watchfully. He, in the care, he cares for you watchfully. Just like the way a child, you would not want your son's hand to go into a machine. And you know, you have to always have your, your, child, your child around you. You understand? Yeah, you can't have them being quiet for more than a minute. If they are quiet for more than a minute and you, are not, you don't know what, where they are in the house, you should look for them. Chances are he's using some pins to choke his face or do something. Or he's drinking the water from the toilet. Something. Watchfully. Do you understand? You are watching so that your child will not fall into trouble. That's how God watches over you. You are shocked that God cares about such about. I mean, he cares. He cares so much. He cares. So much. Look at Hebrews chapter thirteen. Let me show you how much he cares. Once again, Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse four. Hebrews thirteen four. Sometimes we feel that God doesn't really care about us. He does. Marriage is honorable, you know. And the bed on the found, but homongers and adulterers God will judge. This is not what I want to say. Next verse, verse five. Let your conversation, okay? No, he's not talking about your conversation, like conversing with someone. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about your life. So let's read the amplified. The amplified will help us, okay? Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust. And craving for earthly possessions. Don't let your life be encumbered with all these things. The one who hastes, who hastes to be rich will be in evil very soon. Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice. Do you, do you understand avarice? Look for it in the dictionary. Last, and craving for earthly possessions and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. Be satisfied with your present circumstance and with what you have. Faith does not work until you are satisfied with what God has given you now. Until you can say thank you to what God has given to you now, you don't have any basis of making another request. If you are not satisfied with what God has done in your life till date, if you don't think that God has been in your case, has been in your life till the period or to the point you are, you are now, then there's a problem. You understand? You should learn to say thank you for the gift of life, for the fact that you are not dead. Hmm? Someone I know was stabbed to death just yesterday. You are not, you are here. It's a blessing. Yeah, it's a blessing. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, 
God himself has said. Say God himself. himself. It's important you know the scripture. It says God himself has said. I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. I will not. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. This is what this God does. This is God talking. I will not, for he God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not leave you without support. I always have some support around you. God is not a bad father. He will not give birth and forget about his children. He says, even though a mother will forget the child, he will never forget you. That's what God said. What do you think about what I'm saying? So no matter your level, no matter where you are now, Charlie, enjoy the process. You understand? As you put your faith to work, enjoy the process. And let the Spirit of God himself guide you. Remember that he has accepted you into his beloved. He has made you a family member. He himself has given birth to you. First John 4, for ye of God, little children. Ye of God. That means that you originate from God. God himself has brought you forth. James 1.18, of his own will begat he us by the word of his truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. God is not, he says, of his own will. God, God, we didn't ask God to give birth to us. We didn't ask God to be associated with us. He himself decided that I want, I like this guy. I like this lady. I want him to be part of my family. I want her to be part of my family. And give, you see, when we say adoption, we are not talking about the adoption we have now. We are talking, it's not, it's not like that. I'm supposed to talk about it during the vocabulary of salvation. I'll talk about it. But adoption in the Bible is different from adoption in a normal. Like someone, someone has no parents and then you go and bring the person to your home. You sign some papers and bring the person. You have adopted a child into your home. That's not what, God, that's not what adoption means in the Bible. Adoption in the Bible means that I have given birth to you. Okay? And I select you out of my children to make you the one who inherits me. And is used with respect to kings. So now it talks about adoption. It's talking about bringing your own son that you have given birth to into training to become a king like you or inherit you. That's what it means. So in Proverbs chapter 4, you see uh, Solomon saying, I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in my mother's sight. Hmm? He was his father's son. What is his father's son? Why is he saying I was my father's son? Because he, um, I was my father's son because his father adopted him. His father had so many sons. David had more than 12 sons. But he chose Solomon and raised him and trained him to become king instead of him. Hallelujah. Proverbs 4.3. That's what I just quoted. 4.3. Yeah. But of his own will. See, of his own will. I'm just trying to encourage you small. I'm being led to do that. Can I follow the spirit of God? Or you want me to say what you want me to, what you like? Let me see what God wants me to say. Yeah. God cares about you. God is looking. He's watching. Always. His eyes are on you. Watching and helping you. Sending angels to help you, to guide you, to guard you as well. So never think that nobody cares about me. I'm going to kill myself. I don't know what is, what is happening. No. Never think like that. Those thoughts are from the devil. You understand? Those thoughts are from the devil. I will never, ever leave my hold on you. Never, ever. Never, ever. 
Hallelujah. Yeah. So, you've been talking about instructions, isn't it? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. I think that word was for someone. Maybe here or listening to the tape some other time. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Can you read it to me? One, two, go. That they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. It is unprofitable for you. Hallelujah. Let's read the Amplified. Amplification. One to go. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, continually recognizing their authority over you. For they are constantly keeping watch over your souls and guarding your spiritual welfare as men who have to render an account of their trust. Do your part to let them do this with gladness and not with sighing and groaning, for that would not be profitable for you to you either. Hallelujah. Is it a beautiful scripture? Sometimes like this, this scripture is not in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's talking about pastors, people who take care of you spiritually and how to relate with them. It's very important. It's very, very important. You have to listen to what they have to say and follow what they have to say. Okay? You must be interested in what they have to say. Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42. We can read it in the Amplified. It doesn't matter. And they steadfastly persevered, devoting themselves constantly to the instruction and fellowship of the apostles and to the breaking of bread, including the Lord's Supper and prayers. Four things. He says, and they steadfastly preserved. This is how the church grew. This is how the church became big. This is the beginnings of the church. In Acts chapter 2, the church was born. Okay? By the coming of the Spirit. When the Spirit of God came, the whole place was filled. They became born again. They were filled with the Spirit. Peter preached. 3,000 people got saved. Now, the 3,000 people that got saved, this was what they were doing. It says, and they steadfastly persevered. They moved forward in their lives as a church. How? By devoting themselves constantly to the instruction and fellowship of the apostles. To the instruction, one, fellowship of the apostles, two, breaking of bread, three, and prayers. These four things, very, very important. Church is not like, uh, it's not like going to the university or secondary school. You see, university, they don't really care about, the lecturer does not care about your well-being. He just comes and dumps the information on you and goes away. At least the ones we know in our country. Maybe in other countries it's different. There's a lecturer here. Let me be careful before he beats me. But I mean, generally speaking, am I lying? It's true. It's true. It's true. I mean, you don't really care. Do you, how many students do you have? You have 500 students that you are teaching. First year to final year, 500 students. How many of them do you know by name? 10. Yeah. 10 out of 500. They don't, he doesn't really care. Do you understand? It's not his fault. It's a system. That's how things are. We don't really care about you. So you may never have a lecturer asking you about your, whether you've paid your school fees. Have you paid your school fees? They may never ask. Have you paid your hostel fee? Oh, if you haven't, okay, let me find some for you. Hey, it may never happen. I don't remember it happening for me. 
When I was school, I had a lot of challenges to pay school fees and things. They never minded me. You sort yourself out. It's university. When we're finishing school, one lecturer called us and said that, listen, as you are leaving school, you are now developing horns. Say horns. Then we said it horns. Then he said, you are going to get BSc horns. BS, do you know what I'm talking about? BSc horns. Chemistry. Honest. But it's, the short form is horns. What it means is that you are now developing horns. You are going to be hitting things with force. Don't think about anybody helping you. You think about helping people. That's what he said. You are developing horns now. So, strength in life. Don't look here. Don't look straight and do what God wants you to do. That's what he said. It was a good advice. Yeah. Nobody really cares. But the church is not like that. The church is not like that. Say the church is not like that. The church is interested in your sex life. The church is interested in your school life. The church is interested in your family life. The church is interested in your financial life. The church is interested in every life, every aspect of your life. However, naturally speaking, physically speaking, the church does not have a certain kind of authority over you. Naturally, because you, it's so independent. You walk in and you walk out at will. Have you realized? In fact, you join churches that you want to join. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Like, you just... This one, this church, Charlie, I, I, don't, I don't like. Then you join this one. You go here, you realize that, oh, they are doing something. I don't like. I'm going to. You can, you can attend seven churches in, in one week. Go here, go here, go here, go here. I mean, you can just move around. Because there's no physical authority. Natural authority. It's a spiritual thing. So you may easily forgo it. You may easily think that it's not, oh, Charlie, forget about this. Or dog them. Make no mind them. Who do they think they are? Foolish people. Who do they think they are? Yeah, you can easily. It's, very, it's the easiest thing on earth. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. That's why some people can just easily say things about pastors on Facebook and social media and say, okay. Because it's like, oh, what, what, what will happen to me? But they don't know. You see, it's spiritual. Say spiritual. Spiritual. <laughs> it's a spiritual thing. Yeah. So as a church member, you must develop a certain kind of wisdom. And we must we must help. That's why we are, we are teaching these things. To help you develop a certain kind of spiritual senses. To be wise. And, and not think that, oh, I can just do whatever I want to do. I can just be whoever I want to be. You know? And not mind anybody. It's not correct. It's not right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You must submit yourself for instructions. You must submit yourself to be trained, to be raised. Okay? Through God's word, through the spirit, and through instructions that are given. Go here. Go there. Do this. Don't do this. If you read the Bible, you see a lot of instructions. Lots and lots of instructions that Paul gives. Hmm? He gives instructions to the church. I mean, he can just write and say that, listen, when you are gathered together, my spirit is with you, put this person out of the church. <laughs> it's not even there, but he's saying such things that they should obey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they obeyed him. Let me show you a scripture. Go to 3 John. I don't know if you've ever seen this, what I'm going to share with you now. 
before in your life. Maybe you've never seen it, but it's in the Bible. Third John is just one chapter, verse 9. Third John 1 9. Let's read King James. This is Apostle John writing. Okay? And he wrote a lot of things in his in his in his letter with instructions, plenty of instructions. Do this, do that, go here, let this person do this, let this person do that. Then he got to this place. He says, I wrote unto the church. But Diotrephus, eh? It's a bad name. It's not, I don't think it's because his, his character was not good. I don't think you should name him after you name your child after him. Diotrephus. Say Diotrephus. You can name your son Diotrephus and then a short form you are Dio. Dio. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephus, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth as not. The guy had taken a certain stance in the church. Oh, what's this? They wrote what letter? <laughs> Foolish people. Oh, they are just sitting in places and they are just giving commands. We should bring offering. We should do this. We should do that. Go away! Hey. We are on the ground. They are not on the ground. We are the foot soldiers. We know what's happening. Tell the thing, not a political party. It's not a political party. <laughs> I wrote unto the but Diotrephus, who love it to have the preeminence among them, receive it as not. Next verse. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words. A guy was talking nonsense. Church member who is talking nonsense. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's in the Bible. All the things I'm saying, it's in the Bible. Like people who disrespectful people. They don't think that the spiritual authority that God has placed on them is something. It's like it's nothing. To the loose focus. Prating against her with malicious words. And not content therewith. Neither that he himself received the brethren. He does not even receive the brethren. He feels he's bigger than everybody. Church killer. But he will not leave the church. Do you know church killers? Church killers don't leave the church. They are in the church. And they cause problems. Divisions. Anarchy. This one, this one, this one is against this one. This one is against every time. This one has done this. This person went to sleep with this person. This person took this person's money and didn't give up. This person. Hallelujah. Now that has himself received the burden and forbidden them that would. So those who would receive the bread, he said, hey, if you see, they don't come close to me. And he casted them out of the church. Hey, very wild guy. Throws people out of the church. Get out. Who do you think you are? Yeah, we've had some in, in our time. One pastor was pastoring a certain church, a branch church. Okay. Was pastoring a branch church. And his head pastor sent some bishops to his church. To come and see some things because he was misbehaving. So one of the bishops came and was preaching. As he was preaching, as the bishop was preaching like this in his church, he took another microphone as the bishop was preaching and said that all you are preaching is lies. Hey, all you are preaching is lies. I have, I have video coverage, guy. You can see me in James. Hey, you are preaching lies. So many. They were fighting. He was fighting with the bishop in the church. And the church members were sitting there. At the point, they couldn't bear, so they all left the church. 
Yeah. So sometimes you think that, oh, this one, these things is just... No, it's not. It's inside, it's in the church. Did you see the church that carried their pastor and threw him out of the church? Have you seen some? Did you see it? Did you hear it? You know, the, the senior pastor said he was going to make this pastor, this man, a pastor. You understand? Like, I'm going to make Kobe a pastor. So every, everybody in the church was there. And the pastor called Kobe, come. Kneel down. And let me pray for you. I'm making you a pastor to become Pastor Kobe. Just when he was going to lay his hands on, lay his hands on the, pastor, the guy to make him a pastor, the whole church started. We want solo. We want solo. We want solo. There was another guy in the church called Solo that they wanted. So they all started. We want solo. We want solo. We want solo. And then four people came and carried the guy like cement bag. Two holding his hands and two holding his legs. They carried him like this outside of the church and threw him on outside into the sand. Yeah. You are surprised. It happened right here in Ghana. Right here in Ghana, not outside. And I know the person they did it to. Yeah. It is not, this is not second-hand information. This is personal information. The person told me himself. You can, you can say that. Thank you. Yeah. Why? Because there's no respect. Like, there's no... Like, who, who are these people? Who are these people? Who are these people? Who do they think they are? Every time they are talking, we should, we should always... Brother? It's becoming very, very common now. Yeah. You have to be very careful never to enter into that door. Do you understand? Uh-huh. The Bible says, the eye that looketh at his father in a certain way. The ravens, you can check it. The ravens will pluck his eyes out. The ravens will pluck his eyes out. You have to be very, very smart. Tell me, you have to be very, very smart. You know, there are some places you don't play to. Like, don't play there. Do you understand? Proverbs chapter 30, verse 17. The eye that mocketh at his, at his father, eh? And despised to obey his mother. So an authority. The ravens of the valley shall pick out, pick it out, and the young eagle shall eat it. The eyes that mock it at the father and does not obey the mother. The ravens of the valley shall. That is why the guy who was hanging on the cross with Jesus. Do you remember there were two guys who were hanging on the cross with Jesus? One on his left, one on the right. One of them said that if you, you, you are the son of God, save yourself and save us. Then the other guy said, hey, keep quiet. You what? You, you, we did wrong and we are here. This man has not done anything wrong. Don't be talking about this man at all. Then the other guy replied, who, do, who, who does he think he is? On the cross. Who, who does he think he is? If he's something, he should save. As he was talking, nye, 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 nye. a raven came to stand on the, on the top of the cross and plucked his eyes out. He took this one out. Pah! And then went to the other one and took it out. Pah! Practical demonstration of this scripture. The raven came to pluck his eyes out. So you have to be very careful. Yeah. You have to be very, very careful. There are some things you should not get yourself involved in. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Just obey them. And mind you, it's not everybody who is your pastor. He's talking about your pastors. It's not everybody who is your pastor. I'm talking about your pastors. You can respect, you are to respect all pastors. Whether they, they are the ones pastoring you directly or not, you must respect all pastors. Okay? 
they are shepherds over a certain flock. They are not shepherds over you, but they're shepherds over a certain flock. And they must be respected for their work's sake. Hallelujah. Okay, let me show you a scripture. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Have you seen it? Count them worthy of what? Double honor. Like, honor them. The, the honor you give to uh, uh, a parliamentarian. You should give twice that honor to a pastor, to an elder, to a leader in the church of God. It's very important. Then it says, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Have you seen it? He says, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them. Know them. Like, know your leaders. Know this one. Know them. Know them. Which labor among you and are over you in the Lord. They are over you. God, God has that too. There are people who are over you in the Lord. Though. If you don't have some, you have to be smart. Find some. Submit yourself. Today someone texted me and said, I am shepherdless. A person said, I've been lying to my shepherd, so my shepherd is angry with me. So now I'm shepherdless. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. I said, ah, you should be afraid. Why were you lying to your shepherd? Oh. He said, look for another shepherd for me. <laughs> I said, ah, you, let's see what the Lord will do. He says, which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, they talk to you. That's their job. They talk to you. They must, we must talk to you. Like this guy that you are going out with, it's not going to help you. You know, sometimes when we enter those things, like, why? I have my, it's my right. Is it not my, is it not my right? Why? Why? It's my, it's private. It's your concern. It's my privacy. Your mouth. When you, when you marry, no, when you marry and then there are problems, we are the people you contact. Yes. I'm the one you call. Or you call pastor, call your call pastor, you call pastor, you know, call somebody. Pray for me. You be crying on the phone. Ah, ah, pastor. I don't know. I'll say, oh, yeah, you, you, you. Did you tell anybody that you were going to marry this person before you married the person? You didn't tell anybody. And I was like, well, why do I need to tell the pastor this? Why do I need to? A guy, a guy came into my life. Why do I need to tell? It's my personal information. Ah, oh, how do you say Ochako say in English? Well, how do you say it? Ochako say. Sorry, okay, it's sweet. It's sweet. <laughs> yeah. One man, let me tell you a story. Popular, very. Can I again tell the story? You know, one man was working in a particular state, Chicago to be specific, and he had a stable family, a home, stable job, stable family. He was going to church. He was in a correct church. Everything was fine. Then he got an appointment that pays twice the amount he was being paid in Chicago, in New York. Was it California or something? One of these states that was far away, like three-hour flights away. You know, America is very big, so you can fly three hours here, fly very far. Three-hour flight away. And he came to see the pastor about it, that, oh, uh, I've gotten another job here. It's paying this, it's paying that. I want to move. The pastor said, oh, don't go, stay. God will bless you here. 
You know, and the pastor said it on a normal, like, he didn't say, let me go and pray about it. The pastor said, oh, stay. God is going to bless you here. Normal. Like, it's just... Charlie, pastor, why are you talking like that? Ah, pastor, why are you talking... That's what the guy said. Why are you talking like that? This is more money, more everything. What are you talking about? You want to keep me here? You don't want my life to go on? I'm going. You are sitting on my promotion. I'm going. So the guy left and went to this California that he wanted to go to. Guess what? One year into his employment there, the company folded up. One of his sons was killed in California. Someone shot him dead. A lot of problems. Yeah. <laughs> and then you say, God, why me? It is your ears. You, sometimes, eh, sometimes it's like, oh, these people, they are too bossy. Like these pastors or these leaders, they want to control my life. They want my Monday evenings to be taken. My Tuesday evenings are taken. Wednesday evenings are taken. That's, when am I going to get the boy? <laughs> Every time I'm in the church. When am I going to get a girl to rap? When am I going to marry? Right now I'm 35. Something. So many things. You see, even when your pastors are very hard on you, you should still obey them. Let me show you. Go to, keep your finger here. We'll come back to this. Go to Genesis chapter 16. Let me show you a story. Very nice story in the Bible. You remember Diodrophus? We'll go back to him, okay? So Genesis chapter 16. Let's read from verse... Okay, let's read from, from verse 1. Let's read from verse 1. I think it will be nice from verse 1. So I can explain it very well to you. Let's see how the story started. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, bare him no children. So Sarah could not bear children. She couldn't have a certain kind of fruitfulness in her life along the lines of producing human beings. And she had an handmaid. She had a certain small girl. Big bottoms, everything. You get it? Like Coca-Cola shape. Chejo. And she had an handmaid, an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. This is the first time Hagar is introduced on the, into the scene. Who, but who, through whom is Hagar coming? Sarah, right? Sarah is the one who introduced Hagar on the scene. Everything that is said about Hagar came because of Sarah. Hagar's name would never have been mentioned in the Bible if Sarah had not introduced her on the scene. Sarah picked this small girl and said that Abraham, my, 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 my husband. Behold, now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by, by her. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarah. Like, Charlie, you see, I'm growing old. Right now, I'm 85. Charlie, that's a no big joke. We are believing God, but... <laughs> it's, not, it's not easy like that. But this one is a church. Look at, look at us. Everything is okay. Papa, A.B. B. Do what? Do things. I know you have power. Mighty power. Do something and let us see what the Lord will do. Remember, who is the one who is the one doing all these negotiations and everything? Who's the one? Sarah is the one doing all the negotiations. Like she's pushing, praying, and doing all kinds of things so that Hagar can be brought into the picture. Who are you, Hagar? Say who are you, Hagar? Sometimes when you become something, it's like me by my strength have become. Do you know the prayers and people have prayed for you to get to the point you have gotten to? It's always like that. Joshua was in the field. In Exodus chapter 17, Joshua was in the field fighting 
His sword was the sword that had blood on it. Moses was sitting on top of a mountain with his hands lifted. There is no electrical wires connected to the sword and to Moses' fingers. No electrical wires. There are no telecom wires. There are no electricity wires. No Wi-Fi. Nothing. Moses' hands are just lifted like that. No Bluetooth connection. So Joshua can easily think that my success is because of how skillful I am. My training. My sword. I can do things. Like Jet Li. Like you can just fight. Moses is a very lazy guy. Look at where he's sitting. Look at him. We are fighting here. Look at where he's sitting. He's still on the mountain. Nyatum, nyatum, He didn't know that Moses' hands were connected to his sword directly and connected to his success. So he can easily insult Moses. Who does he think he is? He should go away. When he brings his hand down, you will see. You will be surprised. You said, I was doing negotiations on their behalf. Sometimes we do negotiations on your behalf with God. Listen, they are, uh, to, be, to be honest with you, God hears some people's prayers more than he does some people. Not because of discrimination, but because of maturity and because of positioning and administration. That's how it is. Read your Bible very carefully. Do you know Abimelech? There was a man called Abimelech who was a king, was king of Gera. Okay? Abraham came into Gera and Abimelech took Abraham's wife. He didn't know it was Abraham's wife. Abraham lied even and said, this is my sister. So Abimelech said, oh, Charlie, then we can sort ourselves out. So he picked her and was going to sleep with her. Then God came into Abimelech's uh, dream and told Abimelech, brother, you better be careful. Or something very bad will happen to you. Wrong, this is wrong meat. Just release this meat before something bad happens to you. Now, couldn't God have sorted things out in a dream and everything will be fine? Because he told him what to do. But he went ahead and said that, call that man Abraham because he's a prophet. Let him pray for you. And when he prays for you, your wombs, because God had closed everybody's womb in Abimelech's house. Nobody was giving birth because they are taking someone's wife. Because of one person. He said, let Abraham pray for you because he's a prophet. It's not Bible. I'm not the one saying it. Now that I restore the man his wife, for he's a prophet. This is Genesis 27. For he's a prophet and he shall pray for you and thou shall live. Your life is dependent on his prayer. You would think that this is Old Testament. These are Old Testament doctrines. Brother, careful now. Careful. It's grace time, grace period. We can just do whatever. We have direct access. It's true. You do have direct access to God. There are levels of access. Have you realized there are levels of access? Uh There are seniors in everything. It's clearly, uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, where we're reading, it says, they watch over your souls, and they are the ones who give an account for your life. Are you seeing it? So they are in a different, they are in a different category. James chapter 3, verse 1. Look at James 3, verse 1. James 3, verse 1. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. So even in judgment, there are greater Condemnation. Why? Because this masters means teachers. Don't be many. Don't. It's everybody who should make himself like I'm something. No. 
this Anna take no man upon, upon him. It's the Lord that gave it. I see it. Uh, so even, in, even on the judgment day, if I, you see me, I'm the pastor of the church. Amazingly. Not by, not by choice, but by God's choosing. <laughs> if I don't do it, I'm in trouble. If I do it, I don't do it, well, I'm in trouble. Wherever I go, trouble day. I just have to do what I'm supposed to do. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So I have a greater condemnation if I don't do what I'm supposed to do. Your condemnation will not be as mine. If you miss it, the Bible says that the one who knows the will of his master and did not do it, will have what? Many stripes. They'll beat him plenty. So in the beatings or in the judgments, there are levels. Why? Because some people have greater access. Does it make sense to you? Uh-huh. So it's not an Old Testament. No, it's not an Old Testament something. It's a New Testament something. Peter who? Docas. Ash chapter 9. Docas dies. The people here that Peter is close by, they call Peter. They tried to bring the lady to life. They couldn't. They called Peter. Peter came, knelt down, prayed, and told Docas, get up. And Docas rose up from the dead. Try raising someone from the dead. You will see that they are spiritual. They are, they are seniors in the thing. That's why people mention people's names. The God of Oedipo. Why? God knows him more than he knows you. He doesn't know your name. It's a truth. Oh, he says, Jesus I know and Paul I know. But who are you? There are some names that are known. There are some names that are not known. You are now coming. You today will know your name. But humble yourself. Someone say humble. Humble yourself. Humble yourself and just go through the system. Rather than just talking plenty. No. Shall you humble yourself? Hmm? There are levels. There are levels. You have to say. Sarah is introducing this lady on the scene, bringing her on the scene. Then she became pregnant. Genesis chapter 16. And he went in onto her and she conceived. Pop! Let me just. One, one hit. Pash. She conceived. And when she saw, when Hagar saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. I got what I want. I've done what you couldn't do. Who are thou? Hey! In your face, Sarah. You'll say all kinds of things. When they are cooking, those who can't give birth. Those who can't conceive. The Lord has helped me. I've conceived. The Lord has helped me. So just talking plenty. So Sarah said, You will see. We will see where power. We will see who is we will see who introduced who. So she started. Look at her next verse. And Sarah said unto Abraham, My wrong be upon you. <laughs> this is family, family problems. Yeah. Bedroom fights. This one is called husband and wife fight. No, the wife, who brought, who brought Sarah? Who brought Hagar? Was it not Sarah? So if there's a problem now, what are you talking about? Why are you talking to your husband that? Like you, you are to blame. I'm to blame for what? Me, I did my corner. I did my corner, I did my somewhere. You have brought this lady. What do you expect me to do? My wrong be upon you. I have given my, my maid into your bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord died between me and you. Hey, hey, hey. May you not, when you never have a wife like Sarah in Jesus' name, she will make that decision and then she will start fighting you. Hey. 
Next verse. Verse 6. But Abraham said unto Sarah, Behold, behold, it is your, it is your mate. And I, I made this in thy hand. It is your mate. Whatever you want to do with that, do it. I don't want to be part of this fight. If you ask, but you should learn to remove yourself from certain fight. Like, this why I know be me. Do your own thing. Hey! The Bible is teaching us how to be a husband, a cry husband. Hallelujah. Thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarah dealt hard, Sarah started doing hard. She dealt with her hard. Hey. One meal a day. One glass of water a day. With plenty work. Not just, it was not easy for, it was not easy for the girl. She was mafia in her to let her know who is boss. Yeah. So sometimes your pastors can. Sometimes it's like your, your, your pastor is like a senior house master or something. He's mafia in you in a certain way. He's not minding you. He's talking to you in a certain way. It's like he's being rude and all that. Have you ever experienced that before? Yeah. Sometimes you can have your pastor behaving like that. And he's not minding you. He's not talking much. And he comes say, Do the zoo that he moves away. Hey. One young lady was in a certain pastor's office. She was the pastor's secretary. And she was tired because every day they are working. Every day they are working. No leave, nothing. They are working every time. And this lady, one day, had the pastor blasting her about something that she didn't do right. She blasted, said so many things. And she kept it in her heart. After three weeks, her anger was not going away. But she was not seeing it, but she was showing it in her activities. Hey. And just after the three weeks, she decided to leave the office without telling anybody. She resigned without telling anybody. She left the, the office and left the church. Just a week before she resigned, the pastor had traveled and had bought a Land Cruiser Prado and bought a house. This is a true story. It happened right here in Accra. I'm not lying to you. My conscience bear me witness. The pastor bought a He made the church buy a house. And he bought a car personally for the lady. Because she had been selling for a long time. For the lady. When they came to the office to come and present the keys. Two keys. Car and house. She was nowhere to be found. She was angry. Because pastor insulted me three weeks ago. Yeah, you insult me. <laughs> Yeah, you see, Sarah dealt hardly, hard, hard. And let's read other versions of this. I'm sure it will help us. Amplify it. You decide, said Abraham. Your business is your business. Sarah was abusive to Hagar, and she ran away. <laughs> right? She was abusive to her, and she ran away. Hagar ran away. Hey! Sarah made them know who is the madam. Mafia, let's, let's see. Amplify, let's see what Amplify will say. Do as you please with her. And when Sarah dealt severely with her, humbling and afflicting, she humbled her and afflicted her. She, Hagar, fled from her. She ran away. Is it not a good thing to run away? Because they are afflicting you. Huh? That was some people can, Some people don't even get to this level. They leave the church, they don't get to this level. You've never, you've never had the opportunity to get to this level. Small thing, uh, take your church. 
What type of churches are you always? Every time you should come, you should do this. Every time I'm leaving, I'm gone. Me I'm a call. Tell Take your church. Some people have not, they've not come close enough to be hurt. Like you've not been hurt proper. Ask me, but have you been hurt properly before? You have been mafiated. You have been denied something. You, you were meant to break up with the boy you loved with all your heart. Some few days ago, I saw some of our church members somewhere. One, two, three. About four people together. Four of them together. When they came to church, one of the guys was going out with one of the ladies. And we said, this relationship is not going to help you. So they broke up. The second lady who was there, no, there were three ladies and then two guys. The second lady who was there tried to go out with this first guy who we said we should break up with this one. And we said, hey, not at all. It's not coming on. Leave the guy alone. (laughs) And the third lady was the one who ended up marrying this guy. The first lady who came with a guy to church and we said we should break up has married another important person in the church. I see it. And the second lady who was trying to get into a relationship with this particular guy is now in a relationship with someone they are going to, he's going to get married to. And the first, the guy is now married to this one. This one has married another. The, the second guy and the third girl is going to and they were all in one place talking and laughing and celebrating and everything I was like when I came and I saw I was like man they don't remember I remember when I was like wow what a blessing it's a magic they all laughing shouting but at once some people's hearts were broken some things happened some people threatened to leave the church because this one was broken my heart this one was done but they calmed themselves down. And God has sorted everybody out correctly. Everybody is happy in their marriage. This one is married to this one. This one is married to this one. They are happy. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. It's working. Yeah. Sometimes you are going to marry a Jezebel. Straight. You are getting into a business that will fold up after five years of you being in there. And God knows it and is using your pastor to tell you. Don't go. You will say that. Oh, What? Who do they think they are? Do you know that sometimes some people must be told what to give to God? <laughs> do you know? Can we tell you what to give to God? We cannot tell you. Because the way you react, the things you go and say, you put you bring us on TV. This church. When they see that your car is nice, they'll say, show it, show it into the house of the Lord. Show <laughs> your car. But there are some people who must show certain things. One pastor went to church and his pastor called him and told him, God is taking you to the next level. Because God is taking you to the next level. Sell your house and sell your car and show it. God is taking you to the next level. Hey. And we say we can't say such we can't say such things because it's difficult. Yes, this one is strong, very strong. Yeah, it's like this one is a wrong prophecy. The pastor 
the junior pastor went to sell his house and sold his car. Rented a small room. He had a wife. He had a wife. Hmm. Bought a mattress and slept on the mattress with a wife in the room for about six months. Yeah. Six months later, come and see. Tell me about come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Because it's good you said come and see because they are Nigerians. It's good you said it. They are Nigerians. Come and see. Do you know oil rigs? They started finding oil on his a land that his father died and left for him. Oil was found on his father's land. Millions of dollars just started coming at once, just like that. Six months later. You see. But if you had said, what is what is like I said, you, we can't say something to some people. And sometimes you know what the person is supposed to do. You know. But you know what will happen if you say it. You know. Like if you say this. Even as I've said this now, I've not even, I've not even told anybody, to, but your, your, your heart is just, uh, why, why, why are they selling house? Your heart is just talking. Talk, talking, talking, talking. Have difficulty. Do you know, God came down and told Abraham, give your son, your only son, whom thou lovest. God knew that he loved it. Told him, give me your, your son, your only son, whom thou lovest. Eh? When Elijah came to the woman of Zypha, widow of Zypha, what did he say? Give me your last meal. Give me that. Not some. Give me that one. I like that one. That one. That one. Yeah. Eyes what I'm talking about. Yeah. That one. Can God point something in your house and say, I need this one? You may not. It's a level. Tell anybody it's a level. I pray you rise up to that level. I see you rising up to that level. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Sarah was humbling her and afflicting her. And she ran away. Have you seen the football that you are playing? They have scored you. Uh, then you take your boy. If you are the ball, now you just take the ball. Hey, we are finished about. We are not playing again. We are leaving the field. He took the ball. She took the ball and ran away. I came. Me now I'm leaving. God will bring you to such levels in Jesus' name. Yeah. He will. He will. Thy son whom thou lovest. Thy only son whom thou lovest. Bring that one. Ah, God, why didn't you say Ishmael? Because Ishmael was the Abraham could have sacrificed Ishmael. Cheap. 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 There are problems already around the thing, so let's just give this one. Sometimes. <laughs> So it's like you want, to, you want to give something, God will tell you, I don't, not this one. This one. This one. Have you ever experienced it before? You want to give 50 Ghana, God is saying, no, 5,000, 5,000. Then you say, hey, evil spirit, live my, live my life. Hey, evil spirit, out, out now. <laughs> hey. You are withholding your love. Your only son, whom thou lovest. <laughs> and Genesis 22 2. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. The one you love, not the one you the one you love. We know you like that one. Bring that one. Your, your whole salary. Bring it. Oh, there was a there was a testimony like we went for Shiloh two years ago. 
and a young lady came came to give a testimony she said God led her to give a, I'm not saying bring your salary I beg you do what God wants you to do do I'm going to show you about the voice of God before we close okay listening to the voice of God and doing what God wants you to do don't change it there's a scripture in first Kings first Kings 17 that I'm going to show you so listen to just listen to first Kings 13 I think just listen to what I'm telling you okay this young lady, I think we played the, 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 the video even in one of, our, one of our services. She was just led by God. Give your, give your, your a whole year salary. One year salary. So every year, every month when the salary comes, she'll give it to God. She, she piled everything up and gave it to John Shiloh time at the end of the year. By January, the next year, her pay had been tripled. Tripled. By middle of that same year, she had gotten a job with a multinational company that had made her pay, I think, go to, how many times? 12 times her pay. Six months in dollars. You remember this? I'm not lying. You see, after some people saying it. I'm not lying. I'm, I'm telling the truth. Yeah. Can God talk to you like that? <laughs> evil spirits. This now, evil spirits. Out now, out now, out now, out. <laughs> I have a sound mind. You say I have a sound mind. <laughs> what a shock. Hallelujah. Go back to Genesis 16. Yeah. You see? So when she ran away, you would think that God would say, Ah, hey guys, you've done a very good thing. It's good. This is such afflictions. It's not good for you. Don't keep quiet. Run away. Why are you staying? It's good, pa. Let's go. Let me show you another place where you can be. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness. God came down and found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness. By the fountain in the way to show. Next verse. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid. Look at her, look at her description in God's eyes. Look at her description. Hagar, Sarah's maid. In God's eyes, you are attached to this person. And that is it. You, God, God has connected you here. Where are you going? Hagar. Sarah's maid. Say Hagar. Sarah's maid. Mention of your, your first name. Mention of whoever is sitting by his name. Hey. Yvonne. Bastotism. Hey. There are spiritual connections. God has connected you. Whether you like it or not, this is where you are supposed to be. And no matter how far away you run, that is your description. That is your spiritual description. No matter what you do. Hagar, Sarah's maid. Sarah's maid. Whence comest thou? Ufri. Whence comest thou? And whither wilt thou go? Where are you going? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarah. I'm, I'm running away. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return. Tell me about return. 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 Return to thy mistress and submit yourself under her hands. Hey! Is that a message? Am I preaching or what? Go back and return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hands. That is where your prosperity is. Don't say they are, they are, her hands are too heavy on me. They are doing this to me. Stay. Stay for you. 
That's what, they, that's what God told them. Yeah. You think that God will say, oh, get out. Get out, 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 out. What's all this? This is what I commanded him to be doing. He's look at what he's doing. Out. Stay. Return. Stay. Submit. Go back. And there are some people who should go back to some places. Yeah, they should go back to some places. Should go back to some places. Yes. Yeah. You are, you are, you are in, you are in trouble. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As some people have left this place, they must come back. They must be here. You can't go. Ah. You realize actually, I was tied to this person. I was tied. How many of you know John Mark in the Bible? John Mark ran away. He ran away from Paul. He ran because the work was too much. They were traveling, traveling. I was like, ah, Charlie, this is not what we signed up for. He just ran away and went back. Later on in his life, he had to. He came back. Home. You know, he came back to Paul. Paul said, "Bring John Mark for his profitable to me for the ministry." That was what, that was what Paul said. He's profitable for me for the ministry. Bring him back. Paul's made though. He's connected to Paul. Straight. Where are you going? When Barnabas argued with Paul because of John Mark and got angry and left. That was the last time we heard of Barnabas. That was the last time. Barnabas did not know that he was connected to Paul. And that his ministry was going to live if only he was connected to the right place. He just packed his bag and baggage and then left. Going on family lines. My family doesn't like this, so I'm moving. He didn't know that there was a spiritual family he belonged to. Just ran away. Nobody turned those. <laughs> and he lost. Yeah. And the content, this is Acts chapter 15, verse 16. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed as one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark, that's his, you know, John Mark was his cousin, and sailed on to Cyprus. Sailed on to Cyprus. He never came back. But John Mark came back. Look at, look at that place. Paul said, Bring Mark. Bring Mark. It was the same Mark. Bring Mark for his profitable to me in the ministry. You can look for it. He's profitable. He's profitable. Tell anybody he's profitable. To me. For the ministry. Only look is with me. Take Mark. It's the same guy, not another Mark. It's the same Mark. And bring him with thee. For he's profitable to me for the ministry. He is profitable to me. It's second Timothy. Because he was connected. There's a spiritual connection. Don't, don't why are you going? Ask anybody why are you going? The last time I spoke about, I've spoke to you about this. I said there are men by whom you must believe, isn't it? Yeah, there are those who have been sent to help you, guide you in the things of God. So important. If you neglect them, you are neglecting your own life. That's the obvious truth. Hallelujah. You must be wise. You must be wise. Don't run away. I don't like this. I don't. Some people can change churches. Hey. Change churches like the, the way they change their boxer shorts. That's changing churches, moving here. You realize that you don't have you don't have any family that you celebrate anything with. On your wedding day, nobody will come. Nobody will come. Or haven't you saw before? I've had people begging me to come for their wedding. Yes, please, you must be there. You must be there. I've attended a wedding where there were just some five people there. I am not joking with you. I speak the truth. I line it. My conscience bearing me witness. Five people, it was in Accra. Yeah, because when we tell him, stay. Others they like giving us pressure, they like whatever. Even if there's pressure, 
No, do you, do you leave your family because there's pressure? How many of you have pressure in your family? Like the scale, every family on earth, especially in Ghana, has a, there's a problem somewhere, one way, some, somehow there's a problem somewhere. Am I lying? Oh, it's always coming to your father, your mother, your uncle, somewhere, your cousin, your brother, your auntie, something. Yeah, every time, every year, there's a particular problem. Two of them, one in six months, the other one in the last six months. That's every family deals with. Yeah. But we don't leave the family. We don't say, oh, it's finished. They are dealing with me in a certain way. I don't like, I'm going. No. Take your family. Exactly like that. Just imagine if the cells in your heart decide that they don't like that place. It is too hot inside. Too much pumping. Boom, 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 boom. Like you can't, you can't rest. No holiday. Boom, 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 boom. They, their heart has been beating till date. So they say, okay, we want to go on holiday. So they carry, <laughs> they carry a mat on their shoulder, put a hat on their, on their head, and say they are going to the beach. <laughs> so they are going. What do you think will happen to your heart? The cells can't go on holiday. They can't depart. What if you went home and your toilet decides that the smell that is coming out these days is too much? <laughs> oh, do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm leaving. I'm moving to another place, another house. So bye bye, I'll see you. When you open the door, the toilet seat and the whole room, the toilet room, they are all moving. Where are you going? Sally, this is the sense not too much. We are going to another place. <laughs> oh, I mean, you would belong to a building. Yeah, fixed. It's fixed. The blocks, I mean, if anything here moves, we're in trouble. If anything here moves, hey, not trouble. Not in trouble. The, the beam says, I've been hanging here for a long time. I'm tired. I want to, get, I want to go to, into the streets and see the cars. I've not seen any cars since I came. Not in trouble. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's important. So it's important you obey your spiritual leaders, okay? It's very, very important. First, the one in, let's read the one in First Kings. It's an interesting story. I'm sure you've seen it before in your Bible. First Kings chapter 13. You need to, you know, you need to heed to what God has told you. First Kings chapter 13 from verse 1. What God has told you and keep to it. Okay? Uh-huh. You need to keep to it. No matter what, keep to it. Hallelujah. If you know that God has spoken, this is where I'm supposed to be here. Let God speak to you. Let God speak. Because you need that spiritual authority over your life. You need it. Keep your finger. Go to Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Acts 20, 28. Now we'll come back to this. I'll just read it quickly. I'll be just telling you the story. Then you can read it yourself. Okay? Take heed therefore unto yourselves. This is Paul talking to leaders of the church. He says, take heed. Be careful of yourselves. And to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Have you seen it? Says, be careful of yourself. And also, take care of the flock. He's talking about the church members. Take care of the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. To feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. God purchased you with his own blood. And after purchasing you with with his own blood, he puts you under a shepherd. And made them overseers over you. The Holy Ghost made them overseers. So you, you can't. You need someone to be over your life. 
if you are a you are a church member and you are not known, you should be worried. If you're a church member and you don't have you don't have anybody you can refer to as this is my shepherd, you should be worried. You come and go. It's not supposed to be like that. You may come and go first week, second week, third week, make sure you are known. No, I don't want to be known so that when I'm getting I can get out very easily. In my own time. What do you mean by your own time? Which time are you talking about? Who puts time in your hands? Who puts time in your hands? What are you talking about? You can't do that. Hallelujah. Saul, Saul lost his father, Samuel. He lost, he, he just decapitated himself of Samuel. Like, Samuel was the anointed Saul. It got to a point, Samuel was afraid of Saul. In first Samuel chapter 17, when God told Samuel to go and go and anoint David, Samuel could not go and said that if Saul hears it, he will kill him. Who made who pastor? Who made who something? Samuel made Saul king over Israel. But after some time, Samuel was afraid of Saul. He was. Don't let your pastor be afraid of you. If your pastor is afraid of you, you should be worried. You have so one, one guy said to his pastor, because the pastor came to, me, to him to give tithe, to be given tithe. Because he was not giving tithe. The pastor went to him and said, Oh, you must make sure you give your tithe. He said, What? What do you mean? What do you mean? Can you spend the tithe I can give? I, I, give, I will give to you. Because he was being paid in dollars. He wasn't paid in dollars. Huge amount every month. So, can you, can, do, you, do you understand what you're saying? I should give you tithe of, of my money. Can you even spend it? You can't spend that money. That's what he said to the pastor. You can't spend that money. <laughs> God is wise. Oh. God is very wise. He blasted his pastor, insulted him. Because he had, he had asked for tithe. Because when the pastor checks the offering, he knows the guy's salary. When he checks the tithe that comes in the money, it's like, I'm not seeing this guy's own desire. So let me go and see him and talk to him. When he went, he said, can you spend it? You can't, you, God, do you know the tithe you're talking about? There's so much money, I can't give it to you. Yeah. I mean, to buying clothes at H&M and buying clothes at this one and this one. Hey! The day, the day his cap became full. Do you know what happened to him? Should I tell you what happened to him? He developed a strange sickness. You have money until something bigger than your money comes. You are rich until something that is bigger comes. He developed a strange sickness that was not going away. That drank all the money. True story. This one to Accra. Pepepe. It's not. I'm not joking with you. True story. He was working with UN. He was getting a lot of money. Yes, he's getting a lot of money. He had a big stomach. You know, thick tall guy. His trousers was such that he needs special. What's it called in UK? They have uh, it's customer. They have uh, they have a certain name for it. Is it big and high and mighty? Uh-huh. High and mighty. High and mighty. That's how they call that particular shop. So it's specialized. So you go, they do your own special trousers for you, your own special belt because of your, how big your stomach or how big you are. You know, UK, they are hustling. So if you are called high and mighty, I go to high and mighty and buy things and do, hey, my shoes are special shoes. My shirt is special shirt. Okay. The sickness came after some time. Special sickness. The man, the man was, it was drink, the thing was drinking his money. He walked into the pastor's office one day. He said, Pastor, can I talk to you? The pastor said, oh, why not? Come. I mean, sit down. He was not even coming to church. He was in church before the job came. 
When the job came, he stopped coming to church. <laughs> ah, he's too busy. Too busy. Never think that you are bigger. Never let your pastor be afraid of you. What did the pastor? Pastor said, Oh, sit down. Then he stood up. He said, Pastor, I want to sit down. Pastor, look at me because he had shrinked. I have so many trousers from high minds like I can't wear. They are also big now. I can't wear big, expensive trousers. I brought my tights. Can I give my tights? He was now coming to give his tights. God is merciful. The pastor prayed for him. He started amending. He said, I started amending. Yeah. Then he went to bring a friend who was also in a similar category. He was also developed strange sickness. Then I want to give tight. Yeah. I want to give tight so that. It's not joking with some things, though. It's like, oh, we are insulting you with my tight, whatever. You don't know. Some strange sickness is coming. Some strange death. Some strange. You didn't know strange death. You die without an opportunity. You know, you must die with opportunity so that you can repent on your deathbed. <laughs> It's a, it's a merciful death. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? Like three months, then you are repenting on your bed. Oh, God, forgive me. I receive you as my Lord and personal Savior. I was speaking in tongues. Uh, 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 then you die. You know, you have, that's merciful. But there's sharp death. You are sitting down in your hall, uh, then the phone will just remove. And then chop your head off. Before I realize you are on the gates of yeah, the gates of heaven. Hey, what am I doing here? What's your name? Joanne, sir. Joanne, sir. Joanne, sir. Foolish one. You are not here. Cool. Pa! Straight to hell. Hey. Hallelujah. So First chapter 13 talks about this young prophet who was sent by God from Judah to go and tell Jehoshaphat, who was a king of uh, Jer- Jeroboam, sorry, you know, to tell him some things. And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. And he cried against the, the prophet cried against the altar. Altar, altar. Hmm? That says the Lord, behold, the child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name. And upon, the, upon thee shall he offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee. And men's bones shall be bent upon thee. He was prophesying. And he gave a sign. The same, the same. This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. The altar shall break into pieces. And as he spoke, and it came to pass, when the king Jehovah heard the saying of the man of God, which had cried against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him! Lay hold on that guy who is saying nonsense about my altar. And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up. So his hand stayed like that. He couldn't bring it back. When the, when the king stretched for his hand, lay hold on the guy, his hands stuck. So that he could not pull it again to him. Next verse. The altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. Next verse, verse 6. And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God. You see, he, the prophet knew God more than the king. Talk to God for me so that he can let my hand come back. And pray for me that my hand may be restored to me again. And the man of God besought the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him again and became as it was before. Miracles. Power. Say power. 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 Hey. And the king said unto the man of God, Man of God, come home with me and refresh yourself, and I'll give you a reward. I'll give you a reward for all the miracles you have done. <laughs> and the man of God said unto the king, If thou will even give me half of thine house, I will not go with you. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water in you in this place. 
For so it was charged me by the word of the Lord. God had spoken to him about something, giving him instructions about his assignment. Eat no bread, nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. Don't eat anything in this particular house. And don't come in, don't go out of the town the way you came in. Come through the side, go, to, go out this way. Don't look back. So he went another way and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. Now they got an old prophet. Say old prophet. Old, <laughs> old prophet here. Yeah. He was in the better place. In Bethel. And the sons came and told him all the words that the man of God had done. That day in Bethel. The words which he had spoken unto the king. Them they, them they told also to their father. And their father said unto them. What way went he? For his sons had seen what way the man of God went. Which came from Judah. And he said unto his son, saddle me the ass. So that they saddled him the ass. And he rode thereon. The old prophet took a, 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 a donkey. You understand? Rode it. And went after the man of God. And found him sitting under an oak tree. And he said unto him, Are thou the man of God that came out from Judah? And he said, I am. Then said he unto him, Come home with me and eat bread. The old prophet told, told the young prophet that, Come home and eat bread with me. Where is home? Home is better. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in thee, in with thee. Neither will I eat bread, nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, Thou shalt eat no bread, nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. I'm not going back. Look at what the prophet said, the old prophet. He said unto him, I am a prophet also, as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. He was lying to him. He was lying to him. Paul said, if us or an angel or anyone should come to you and preach unto you, with an, preach unto you another gospel, let him be accursed. Listen, don't joke with what you know God has told you to do. Sometimes you can meet someone who say, oh, God is telling me that you should be in my church. Sister, brother, sister, brother, is that what God is telling you? Especially for those of you who know what God has told you. you know, there are people who, they just came. They don't know what God is saying. They are yet to hear the voice of God. But you, you have grown. You are now hearing the voice of God. Understand what I'm saying? You can now hear God. After five years in the church, another person will come and say to you, the Lord has spoken to me. Oh, I, I, I was in the church. Eh? The church suffered breakaway stray right in front of me. Because one of the assistant pastors rose up and said that God has called him, so he's starting another church. And he took all the rich people. All the rich people in the church took. About five people. He was even driving one of the rich people's cars. Yes, he was driving. I saw him driving the car like boom, boom, prophet. Boom, boom. Because you know, God spoke to me that you are the one who has been called to be a pillar in my church. Did you know pillar? A pillar. A pillar in my church. You're a pillar in my church. So follow me and I'll make you fishes of human beings. Old prophet. He convinced the guy and took him back to his house. And as he was eating, as the young guy was eating in his house, God spoke through the old prophet to the young prophet. Did I not tell you never not to come back here? 
as the Lord liveth, you will not get to your location. You will die. Then the prophet came back to the senses and continued eating. I said, oh, I hope you're fine. Okay, now you can go. As the guy was walking back, a lion just appeared from nowhere and killed him. He was riding on a, on a, on a donkey as well. The, the lion killed him, left the donkey, and was standing by the donkey and the body. Just standing there. The lion was just there. People came to gather everything. And the old prophet came and told them they should, he should carry The old prophet came to carry his body and went to bury him. Oh! So you can follow somebody and you are gone. Because you didn't listen to what God was telling you to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a very, you see, sometimes you wonder why God put this particular scripture in the Bible. It is for us to learn that, listen, if God speaks to you, no matter what, no matter who. You know Bishop Oedipo had, Bishop Oedipo didn't start the church with Abiyoye. Abiyoye was a small boy. He was like the fourth or fifth in command. Bishop Saki, Bishop Eddie were like the fifth and sixth in command. They were not the main people. Yeah, the main people who were there began to grow wings. Hey, Bishop Oedipo told his first assistant and second assistant, we should do this thing full time. They said, we are not going to do this full time. We are leaving. And they left. Hey. Today, where are they? You leave some places and you will get later. Yeah, you leave some places, you will get later. You do some things, you don't listen to your person and say something, you will regret. You will regret. You will regret. You'll be surprised that you are regretting like that. You'll be shocked. Sometimes they're casual words. It's not casual like that. Take them seriously, okay? Take them seriously. Yeah. Let the words that we are speaking do something to you. Let it change. Let it transform your heart. Go along the lines of what God is saying. Be someone whose life showcases the beauty of God's word. Not the other way around. Oh, I was with those people. They don't know what they are talking about. And you go away, you not even keep quiet. You criticize. 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 I heard one lady who was saying something about this church. She was here before and she left. She was saying some things about me. I was like, oh, me, I'm so nice. I don't think anybody should be able to say something bad about me. And when I am like, oh, Charlie, why? What did I do? I mean, I helped you. Oh, hmm. See, hmm. Yeah, it's not a joke. Don't be like the young prophet. Whatever God has told you, do it. And God will honor you. You understand? God will honor you. No matter how difficult it may seem. It's like, because I, I, gave my, I, I did some things for Love Economy Church, some things are not happening in my life. Don't say that. It's God's church. It's not anybody's church. Whatever you did for God, says God is not what? Unrighteous. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love, your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, you showed it towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and you do minister you ministered to the saints, you did something for the hand of God, you, did, you were in the you made things work you didn't do it for man, you did it for God and God is not unfaithful, he's not unjust to forget your labor and your work of love so follow instructions, there are some things that will never happen in your life if you don't follow instructions follow what they are telling you when obedience is in order, then you can bring to punishment the disobedience of others. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 5 and 6. Instructions. Say instructions. 
casting down imagination, every high thing that is exalted itself unto, against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Next verse. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. You can revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The Bible says that obedience is better than what? Sacrifice. The sin of uh, uh, disobedience is what? It's as witchcraft. And rebellion is, rebellion is as witchcraft. And stubbornness is as, is as what? It's as iniquity. Obedience. Hey! Obedience. Sometimes circumstances are so hot. You know, if, if someone is fathering you, there are, things, there are times that, Charlie, it will not be easy for you. It will not be easy for you, but you have to do that. That means it's not possible to attend. But I have to make sure you attend. <laughs> they are calling you. Hey! When someone calls you son, you should know that it's not a small thing. The requirements are high. Yeah. So obey your instructors and follow them happily. Because God has designed them to take you to the promised land. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give God glory. Stand up on your feet and just stand God. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at ChristWorldINC.com. God bless you.